Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canadian Puxedo. We are very, very happy to be here. My name is Matt Wright, and with me is Charles Pickett. Charles, how are you? I ain't doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad either. Thanks for asking. I, well, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me let me bring this up. Well, just to get the podcast uh, kicked off, I in the old world was a stand-up comedian before uh, that was illegal, and nothing gets me. Nothing gets my mind off my lack of employment like watching the Scotia North Division live from Scotiabank Arena presented by Scotiabank. That is just, it's delightful. Have you been watching it? Are you, I mean, if you have not been watching it, you're probably the we're wrong person to have on this show. Yeah, we're, we're, in, we're in trouble if I haven't been watching it. Uh, I've watched most of the Canadian Division. I found it hard to watch any of the non-Scotia funded Scotia Divisions. Right, because like, you're most, yeah, mostly it's... about bank allegiances for you, I guess. That's right. That is yeah. correct. I, have, I, I like to be reminded to for, with, for my overdraft fees whenever I'm watching hockey. That's my favorite. I'm <laughs> um, all for the tragically hip cover that they're throwing at us three times a game, every game. Oh, that's good. We should acknowledge off the top that we are both uh, Leafs fans. You're literally dressed like Curtis Joseph right now, so I don't think it's a secret. I'm, I'm well, just it is. like a, out of work for a long time, Curtis Joseph. I love the idea that when Curtis Joseph is out of work, he wears his old jersey. <laughs> we are Leafs fans, uh, but you know the theme of the podcast is we are going to attempt to do an unbiased uh, kind of analysis, I guess, look at what is happening in the Canadian division every week. Uh, so in order to show that we are serious about what we're trying to do and that we are not trying to be biased, we are going to start with the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to burn this jersey on my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not even going to take it <laughs> off, eh? No, just while I'm wearing it. Okay, I guess so the big story in Montreal with? What right are we now, kicking it off with? What are we kicking it off with? Okay, I love it. Okay, this is such, I think this is really, really uh, shows that this podcast is going to go well because uh, in a very Zoom fashion, as I was trying to kick it off, you interjected at the same time and that's what we were going to kick it off with. I Okay, so I don't know how much Zoom you've been doing this year, Charles. I've been on Zoom a lot. Uh, I was on 22 for a bit and we were doing Zoom writers rooms and like people pitching jokes and just yelling over each other. It was a constant. So I'm looking forward to doing that with you. So somebody tipped me off to something recently that when people are writing jokes, nobody laughs. Is that true? Is that like, does, is like, is that real that nobody's laughing at the jokes you're pitching for this can you can you disclose oh, it's true no one no one laughs at mine that's the <laughs> no, most that does happen. thing I think in the world i have empathy for anyone who's doing any job over zoom right now because the only thing lonelier than being in a lockdown is finishing your job and closing down a zoom with nine <laughs> people and just shutting it off and then there's just nothing that moment of silence it is just horrifying so we hope this podcast will fill some of that silence for you. And we're going to start with the Habs. And there is a, uh, a new man in town that I think we need to get into. And of course, we're talking about Gianni Fairbrother. That's right, baby. He signed an entry-level contract. I have never heard of this man, but I'm a sucker for great hockey names. Bobby Ryan is one of my favorites and Cal Clutterpuck. Uh, but Gianni Fairbrother has to be among the top. Uh, names in the NHL whenever he does make it if he does make it is he a draft pick am I like was this just some guy that kind of like I always make the uh I always make the joke that the Pittsburgh Penguins scouting department after they got Crosby was like we just look for guys with hockey bags at a bus stop and it's like yo how good are you yep it's like so this this is what <laughs> like I read about this is like undrafted and given a three-year deal it's like it feels like they found him on a bus stop also I'm going to add, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos during the lockdown, and I nice. know a fake name when I see it. I'm thinking <laughs> this guy is like a witness protection, like the deepest witness protection program ever. It's like, yeah, yeah okay, no, we're, he's going to be untouchable. He's going to play for the Habs. No one's yeah, going to go yeah. after him then. <laughs> okay, also... I don't know how quickly this happened, but I remember when the season started. I remember seeing Craig Button on my TV while I was doing my little stretches for my bad back. I saw Craig Button, and they're like, who is going to be the best team in the Canadian division? And, I mean, I was like, well, it's – I thought it was the Leafs pretty clearly for what it's worth. And I, uh, it looks like I was right about that so far. 
but he said he was like the Montreal Canadiens. And then I was like, wow, Craig Button is on one right now. But I heard so many other people say that they went on that crazy hot streak right in the beginning. And people were like, Montreal is untouchable. They are a juggernaut. And here we are. Montreal has put the urnaut in juggernaut. I, uh, I've, I've witnessed the same thing. Everyone from my angry Uncle Guy all the way down to Chris Johnson was saying they were going to be the greatest team in the Canadian division. And uh, they started hot, but yeah. they were playing the Vancouver Canucks every other night of the week. And uh, when they were starting to play the big boy team, or as Brian Burke would call it, the long pants hockey, they kind of fell back down to earth in an alarm. <laughs> by the way, rate. there was one team, what, like the Flyers in the 80s? Cooper what, also, what did you say? Flyers Sorry, I interrupted in the 80s, you. Whalers, Whalers as well. I believe, I don't think it's his rookie, but one of the very first Ron Francis cards, he's got the full pants on. It's got the full right down, right down to the legs. That's the biggest crime in hockey gear history. The long pants, the long pants hockey is synonymous as a good thing. Really shows where Brian Burke's at right now, I think. <laughs> bring, back, bring back what they allowed for two years in the late 70s. Yeah, I get it, Brian. You don't love mobility. I've seen the blue lines you put together. When they took away half of our pants, they took away the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's too many. There's too many rats running around with their half pants. So Dominique <laughs> Ducharme, what do you think? Uh, I actually, I don't know much about Dominic Ducharme, but I do know a lot about coaching changes because uh, I've watched teams do it and I've watched fan bases cry for it for a very long time. The one thing I really enjoyed about this coaching change the most is. Everyone kind of uses the same cookie cutter in the new NHL. Your guy gets canned, and most often it's midseason. The assistant kind of steps in uh, if you're not competing, or if you're competing, they kind of had someone on the hot seat for a little while. So it's kind of an interesting thing to see Burge kick the two of them in uh, Claude Julian and uh, Kirk Muller, of course, because – it's almost like, all right, most teams that would say, like, yeah, we're dead, we're dying, we're done, we'll give Kirk Muller the job for the rest of the year and then start fresh with a new coach. Burge was like, nope, here comes my guy, like the two of you guys. And especially it's kind of interesting because Kirk Muller, like everyone's talking about the Habs since the bubble. Kirk Muller uh, coached the Habs in the bubble because, of course, Claude Julian unfortunately had a heart attack. And, uh, you know, I figured if, if they were going to do anything like that, they'd make Kirk Muller the interim. But one of Kirk Muller's longstanding duties with the Montreal Canadiens has been their power play. And uh, I watch a fair bit of Habs hockey, and their power play has been uh, not so good. Not so, not so hot for a couple of years. So uh, I think it's also a thing that Bergman's just like, nope, uh, it's a bump in the road rather than shutting it down for the season. And out with the old, in with the new. Uh, Ducharme, I'm probably butchering his name right now. That's my Newfoundland. I'm concerned Ducharme. about that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not with you, but with me. <laughs> uh, I think he coached, I, I know he coached the Halifax Mooseheads, so there's a John Drouin yeah, the McKinnon. relationship there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he coached the Mem Cup winning. He did. Because they won't, he did. Okay, look at the hat you're wearing. You, you figured you could have told me that. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing oh, okay. a Halifax Moose Hats. Moose Hats. <laughs> Halifax Moose Hats hat. I just said Halifax Moose Hats. Uh, moose Hats. I mean, moose Hats. Equally, equally ridiculous as a moose head. Why wouldn't you just be the moose for only the heads? Anyway, the city of Halifax is angry at me right now, but I'm just putting that together, and it's a bit weird. It's also, the one thing that I always found funny is, like, that's the famous beer from New Brunswick. That's, you know what I mean? Like, Moose oh, Head. yeah. Moose Head's, yeah. Moose Head's the famous beer. It's a whole mess. Yeah, so, <laughs> beer money. This is something I found a little bit interesting uh, about that. Well, one, I think Claude Julien did a pretty good job with that team. I don't think – I think Montreal is a good to very good team. I just don't think they have star power, and they're in a tricky position where they are both – you know, they have Suzuki and Kakanyemi, depending on how you rate them. But, like, they also have Shea Weber and Carey Price, who are every year – it's like your role, like Shea Weber has, I mean, surprisingly, and we should dig into this deeper on maybe a different episode of this, but Montreal won that Subban Weber trade, and I was so wrong about that because right oh, away I was like, no. But that's they, another I mean, so- Shea Weber's had a great uh, end of career renaissance, but like 
him and Price, they're not young, and they are signed for a long time. So it's going to get dicey there. The the Weber trade, um, it's pretty bad because I dug in so bad on that that the mm-hmm. only way now I kind of am stuck with like, well, the only way this doesn't get brought up at my funeral is if I outlive my brother. That's the only way. Because that was one of our most <laughs> heated arguments ever. And even up to like, I don't know, this summer it came up again. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Nashville won it because they flipped Subban and they got more. And anyway, it's that, that one I was wrong about. I'm ready to admit that uh, I, I was indeed wrong about. And I'm I'm going to stop shit-talking Shea Weber because he always finds a way. Uh, yeah, man. He's, he always, uh, I, I don't, it's like, it's, he, he's starting to resemble like modern-day bearded Ben Affleck, too. Like, just when you you see him <laughs> dropping off. Yeah, look at him. Look at, look at Ben Affleck when he has a beard and look at Shea Weber. They kind of just look the same level of like, they're, they're really, you can tell they got some city miles on them. They've been ground down, but they still find a way. They still oh my find God. a way. I think about Ben Affleck now. All I think about is him like juggling six Dunkin' Donuts ice yeah. coffees at once. Yeah, and That's you know what? All I'm thinking about when I you think know about what? Ben Affleck. A younger, a younger, a younger guy. He drops it like that Jonah Hill one. He just drops the one ice coffee. Ben Affleck and juggle six. <laughs> Uh, I've I've stopped. I've I've put a moratorium, a personal moratorium on shit talking Shea Weber because he always finds a way. Well, then let's put a pin in shit on Shea Weber because I don't even think he's he's definitely not the problem this year. I don't know how that will change, but let's carry Price this year. Okay, and by the way, this pains me to say because as an athlete and as a human being, I love Carey Price. I loved like I, when he was playing for Canada. I mean, Jesus, we could have put me or you in that; it would have been fine. But he was excellent he was great i think he comes off as a very likable man i i think the world of him i think he's one of the best goalies you know probably ever he had an insane run between like 2012 and 2017 this is the last four years of Carey price's save percentage and this is not pretty we'll start from this year this year he's an 888 i don't think he's that bad but that's a rough start to this year last year he's a 909 uh the year before that he's a 918 that's beautiful i take nothing from him the year before that a 900 those are ugly numbers, which, and don't get me wrong, people are always like, oh, well, we'll just get Price in the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, I mean, sure. And they will. And I don't doubt that he might be able to turn it on for, you know, a playoff series or maybe even two. But, man, you're paying him, what, $10.5 million? I, if I were, if, like, if I were a Habs fan, the term would scare me more than the cap hit. Oh, totally. Because mind- the cap hit doesn't matter this year. I wouldn't mind paying him. His play this year, though, I'd mind paying him anything. You know, right. His 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 pay, like, you know, it, it's – one question I asked my buddy the other day, I was like, man, any Leafs game that he's played this year, you log on to Twitter uh, and you just see everyone just going off on Fred Anderson. Yeah. And I was like, boys, can you imagine if Fred Anderson was performing like Carey Price now? You know what? Like you, I'll say this. Last four years, they are comparable. They're comparable players. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what do we like? The Fred cap, it's what, like four and a half, five max? He's five, and he's up next year. And I I mean, we'll get into the Leafs in a bit. But like, I, and for what it's worth, I think Price will be better. I just think that contract is ugly. It looks uglier every year to the point that oh. I had a friend who's a Habs fan, and he said the other day, he's like, well, he might get claimed in the expansion draft. And I was like, Jesus, is that where we're at? I, uh, I, I joked about that with Weber for a while, but it's it, I don't think they leave him unprotected. Just I kind of wonder. Uh, so they went out, they got Jake Allen to uh, you know be an insulating back. Who's been good? Because of the hats. Who's been good? I wonder if that has anything to do with it. If Carey Price kind of you know that kind of rattled his cage a little too much. First time Probably went in, too far the other way. Yeah, like first time in his entire fucking career that he's had to knowingly compete for a job since the Halak playoffs like thousand years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did post a 936 in the bubble for the playoffs. So I, yeah. I guarantee there will come a time this year that Carey Price stands on his goddamn head and makes us eat our words it's probably on this. Gonna be against, probably going to be against us. A hundred percent. I'm just, but I mean, I think you lay it out. The, he is regressing, I think, in front of our eyes. And it's honestly, it's kind of sad. Another member of the Canadians coaching staff, Alex Burroughs. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah, you saw that, yeah. but Alex Burroughs is coming in there to run the power play, which is great because when that happened, they were like, the Canadians have signed out, or Alex Burroughs has joined the Canadians. And in my mind, I was like, oh, he's playing? And I was like, oh, no, I'm an idiot. And then I was like, no, I'm not. He's 39 years old. We have an older player than that on our first line. Joe Thornton is playing, and he's three years older than that. I got to tell you, is Corey Perry? I feel Corey Perry is going to be older than Corey Perry is going to be a year older than. It's going to You're be not going to believe what I'm about coach. to tell you, but I have an age-related Corey Perry thing to bring up later on in the show, which we'll get to when we talk about the Jets. <laughs> so this is uh, the nothing Alex but Burrows, a prelude Al- to talk about how Al- old Corey Perry is. <laughs> Alex Burrows, uh, uh, Alex Burrows running their power play is like the first thing I thought was like, huh. Are we going to see a power play that has two net front guys? Like, are they yeah, yeah. Two guys? Like, yeah, one guy to tip the puck and one guy to bite the goalie. One guy to just, yeah, one guy to just cross-check, hack, whack, slash, and then the other guy is actually there to tip the puck. Like, one guy's kind of got to make, like, gnarling and snarling noises while he's there, too. Uh, um, last thing about Montreal. Montreal has hired another French coach, which, I mean, it makes sense. I get it. They have media relations as such a large part of that job, and I get it, and I understand why you would want a French coach and how that is important to that culture and the history of the franchise. But I do think that it is worth saying that, man, oh, man, and this is nothing against uh, Dominique Ducharme. I've heard nothing about good things with him as a, about him as a coach, but your pool of – it's like, imagine if you were, if like Vancouver is like, we're only hiring people from BC. One, one thing about that. So like probably one of the coaches I've read most about, uh, Pat Burns was a Montreal coach who did not speak French. And mm-hmm. this was, you know, very different time. This is in the early nineties. And uh, Pat Burns was of course in the late eighties, the uh, flames want to cop off him and, one thing about Burns, he he wasn't there for the 93 Cup, but uh, he made the effort. So he didn't speak French, but he went and got a tutor. And yeah. he went and learned. So I, I don't think, like, everyone who says, like, oh, Jesus Christ, the, the, you know, they're, they're filtering that. I think if you were to make the effort, so if you're interviewing people. Now, I think Ducharme, he was their guy anyway. I think if he, no, you know, no. if, if I, yeah, but I think if you make the effort, so the only time that this was like a huge deal was when uh, Randy Conneworth was the interim coach and they knew they weren't going to, wonderful name, by the way, but like he was an interim just to close <laughs> out the season. Like there was that, there, he wasn't keeping that job. I think uh this this coach Ducharme uh I think he's there regardless they might have I think they have the interim tag on him but it's just probably ceremoniously I don't think it's uh I do think if this were a thing where say something happens and a new GM comes in and he's going to get his own coach I think they'd interview people who are candidates who only speak English and then say look you're you're going to have a French assistant and he'll be your translator for a while but you've got to make the effort to learn this language and they'll probably set them up with, I think it's it's something that we've kind of grabbed onto since the Randy Cunningworth season, but I don't think it's as big as a deal as, as I, I think a bigger deal is making room for a couple of French players on the roster than it is making a coach. You know what I mean? Like, I think they reserve roster spots for, you know, French athletes more so than they would filter out coachings. Right. Like, yeah. who's there now? Drew Ann, who's been pretty good. Drew Ann, who they overpaid for in the trade market, if you ask me. He's been... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they lost that yeah. trade. But I will say yeah. that there's two... And I think... I, I think Drew Ann's been good. And, I mean, to give Montreal some credit, they have been an excellent five-on-five team with a middling power play and a terrible penalty kill. And they have gotten... Again, it hurts me to say, but bad yeah. goaltending from Price. So far. Uh, but the thing with Druin, which I think, and I think this is kind of one of my hockey theories, but Druin was a really, really high draft pick. Oh, yeah. And guys who are high draft picks that do not become absolute franchise, like, units, like, just incredible players kind of get underrated. You know, like, he's a, he's a solid top six player. I just think that he, will, he kind of always has that stick because, one, they lost a trade be- that he was in. And that's one thing against him. And two, he was a crazy high draft pick that never really hit the ceiling. A lot of people thought that he was going to get. I think, I think his agent kind of sold him up the river early on in his career. That whole holdout and then going to the HL and not playing and demanding a trade and all that. Like, 
I can't think of a, a worse like I really can't think of a worse holdout in you know the the obvious like alternative is like the Nylander one but I honestly think like people laugh at me for saying this my conspiracy theory is the Nylander one was to get that cap hit as low as possible and then when Dubas or Willie writes a book in 20 years they're going to spill the beans on it they're going to be like I, yeah no oh, I think you're drifting into QAnon territory there I think that is wild <laughs> I think that's crazy I'm not going to give give it but I will say, <laughs> I will say there that like that's a good uh, a good segue because that's another thing is that fan bases do not recover well or deal with it well when a player holds out. They take it so goddamn personally. Like I know that there's other stuff going on with uh, where Nylander, you know, his perception and stuff. But they haven't. <sighs> I, I I wish people would get over that because honestly, Nylander right now is the if you're unless you're going to count Morgan Riley, he is the single best value contract on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And people have been saying, by the way, yeah. let's 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 just get into some Nylander. Uh, people have been saying between him and John Tavares about it, like, okay, first of all, Austin Matthews has been absolutely insane. I have never in my life, as a, I was going to say a hockey fan, as a sports fan, been like. We have a guy who is going to do something that is utterly shocking every game. Yeah, he's he's been the greatest Leaf. Uh, like, he's been the greatest person to wear a Leafs jersey in our lifetime. Probably yeah. touching in on, like, our our parents' lifetime. Like, I, I don't – I think – I think bar an injury or a, or a move, uh, which I don't think uh, – I don't think a move will happen. He is – it seems to be a little injury prone, which makes me sad, but – Barring a move, he will go down as the best leaf ever. And I'm going to kick it up even another step there. It's so funny. I teed this podcast up. I was like, we're going to be very unbiased. And then it's just like 20 minutes up. The Habs are shit, and I'm going to kiss Austin Matthews on the mouth. Um, I think, but I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm being out of line here. If you look at just straight up goal scoring numbers right now, Matthews is going to be the best goal scorer to ever play hockey. I'm not saying that that is. I'm. Right now, the way that the numbers are going, that's where it's going. He's, like, outproducing Ovechkin, I'm pretty sure, at the same age bracket, mm. and it is utterly insane. Will he pass Ovechkin? I mean, everything will have to go right, but, I mean, the fact that there's someone who you can even talk about that is – it's incredible. So, uh, on that same note, like, uh, a family member of mine who's much older, because I didn't get to watch uh, Mario or Wayne in their primes – uh, but an older cousin of mine was like, I like the North Division the most because it makes me focus on Connor McDavid and it makes me focus on Austin Matthews. Totally. And he's like, I haven't seen, I, I, like, I haven't seen hockey have a ticket like where you could just go on and be like, all right, I know this guy's going to get at least three points tonight, and I know the other guy might get two goals. And he's like, that was that was what Wayne and Mario was like in the, the late 80s. He's like, you knew Mario was going to get two or three goals, and you knew Wayne could get five, six, maybe seven points in a night. Yeah. He's like, it was insane. He's like, it was just, he's like, it was, it's just wild to think about. And then, of course, after Mario and Wayne, we had the clutch grab era. Yeah. And it kind of feels like goals are just starting to come back up a little bit since then, but. I mean, I don't know what to say, but like McDavid, any night, like I don't know, a week and a half ago, was that he he just decided, like, yeah, I'm I'm going to murder the Calgary Flames all on my own. I'm yeah. going to murder them. I'm going to score three goals in the matter of like four minutes, and I'm going to put up five points in a seven-one beatdown on our like rival. I th I think my first hockey memory that I was getting a sense for when we were playing the Penguins, I just hated Lemieux and Yager so much, strictly because they were so good. It's just like these – that's my first memory of turning on my TV and just being like, these two guys are going to wreck us. See, I grew up a Penguins fan, but I just missed out. I just missed out on that era, and I was left with, like, Robert Lang and Marty Straka and – uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You became a Penguins fan for Martin fucking Straka? No, Ron Francis actually. But like, I was, you know, in that era, <laughs> telling you, man. Hey, Ron Francis is like he's fifth in NHL points of all time. He's oh, Ron Francis is a quality player. He was once scratched. He was a, a deadline edition one year, and he was once scratched fourth for round, uh, a young man's agent. 
Yeah, fourth-round draft choice. Got Yaron Francis from the Carolina Hurricanes. Ended his career as Drama Maple Leaf, war number nine. Wow. Yeah. Do you want any more Francis quick stats? I mean, this is the France pod. <laughs> the France pod. No, I mean, I'm not – listen, I'm not shitting on Martin Straka, and I'm certainly not shitting on Ron Francis. God knows he did a great job setting up that Carolina team. But I will say that having like – and like not to take anything away from Marner – I think Marner's contract is bad, not in the sense that he is not going to uh, reach the value, just comparative to other players around his level, Kachuk, Aho, those guys. Yeah. I mean, he just got an extra couple million, but I think the fact that no one is complaining about that this year really just goes to show how great of a season Marner's done. See, the, the thing about the Marner contract that I'm willing to leave that in the negotiation past and all of that stuff is the Marner contract – was going to be bad the same length of time that the Nylander contract was going to be bad. And that's one year because the cap was supposed to go up by 3 million. And then the globe, you know what I mean? The pandemic and it's a flat cap world hindsight 2020, but this year, like this was supposed to be the season where this was the only real bite, the only real kick to the nuts that the Marner contract was going to really give us. And then after yeah. this year, you know, assuming the cap would go up by another couple of million, we'd be home free. And But this is a job to say what would have happened because if the cap went up by $3 million, we don't trade cap and we don't trade Johnson, maybe Jason Spezza doesn't come back. We don't get Joe Thornton. We don't get a shakeup like arguably the Leafs needed. So maybe the Marner contract – like. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. If you were to look up my tweets about Mitch Marner during that contract and when he came back from it, (laughs) especially last season, you'd just be like, wow, this guy uh, holds his grudge with both hands, eh? But with the cap where it is, it's kind of hard to blame him and to blame the guy that signed it because the one thing that does bother me, though, is like – no offer sheet came. How much were we hyped that they're like, oh, we got to do it? And it wasn't, he wouldn't have signed it. Yeah. And it, again, I think it's just, it's really, it's just about that. He, I think he is worth the money he's being paid. I just, so many other players signed for less, and I just wish he was one of those players and just like a million and a half less. But I mean, because Marner and uh, Matthews have been so good, I think people have been hard on. Taveras and Nylander both. There's been a lot of, like, they're not doing enough. And while I do not think they have been hot, I think there's a couple things that we should look at. One, both Taveras and Nylander, I think, walk onto the first line of pretty much any team in the division. I think they have more points than anyone on Montreal I would say or probably Vancouver not Edmonton. or Ottawa. Probably not Edmonton. Pardon me? I don't, think, I don't think those guys walk onto the first line in Edmonton. Um, not both well, I mean, it's debatable, but I mean, depending on how they split up their lines, yeah. I mean, I'm not, neither of those guys are better than, uh, neither of those guys are better than obviously McDavid or Dreisaitl yeah. or close. Bo- both of those, uh, both of those point. guys oh, are bumping. the third bumping, guy in that line? Pull Yarvey? Yeah. Both of those guys are bumping Zach Cassian though. That's for sure. Cassian skates there every now and then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Alex Chiesel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, or I guess, like to to be serious about it, it's it's Yamamoto or Pugliarvi. I guess there's the uh, the third person on that line, or I guess Nugent Hopkins. Which I mean, I could debate, but I would take uh, Tavares or Nylander over those guys. I mean, it is close. Nugent Hopkins is, is a very underrated player. Yeah, he's probably going to make more than Willie on the open market this summer, anyway. I mean, he very well might. I don't know. You think he might go somewhere? I think so. Yeah, he'd be crazy. I, I, He's not going to leave yeah. the team, man. You don't think? I, don't I mean, know. if I was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I wouldn't. Why? How can you turn down a chance to play with the two greatest offensive players in hockey and the worst blue line ever assembled? <laughs> you ever visit Edmonton the winter, Matt? Yeah, yeah, no, and I. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I mean. I do get yeah. it. Yeah, I do get that's, it. That's you know, that's all I'm saying. Like, and they probably just don't have the money to to, to keep them. We'll get to we'll get to uh, we'll get to Nugent Hopkins, but I do want to think like I think another thing that with Tavares and Elander is they have not like their power play time has gone way way down, and yeah. it's you know that that adds up in terms of points. Now I want to think how do you feel about like the power plays being lined up like that? Would you rather like the overloaded unit or I go with whatever works? Um, I would like to see, and this is not exclusive to the Leafs. This has been exclusive to the whole division. Like the only power play I can think of 
off the gate that's hot to shoot the puck the second they get set up is Ottawa. And I, I just don't understand why more teams don't do that. Like, just it's the second you get set up and you, you got a guy, <clears throat> I think you should be able to put enough work in to know, all right, if uh, back lefty shoots it, he usually aims for this point of the net, so the puck is going to bounce off and go in this area or that area, and you can, you can work on keeping it in. I just like the Leafs, one thing about the Leafs power play, like when it clicks, I find that they're shooting more. But when you flick on a, yeah. let's say, a Flames game or you flick on a Senators game, well, they're just shooting more anyway. And when the Leafs' power play goes and dries up, it's because they're just not taking any shots. They're yeah. just making, like, six passes, and then there's a shot wide and squirts out the zone. I think – I just – like, one of, one, of two, one of two hills that will die on is your power play should be mostly shot-driven. Like, obviously, yeah, move it around a little bit, try to get open. But if you're not open when you're set up, because there's only four guys on five guys, you're doing something really wrong. And two, no on a two-on-one, uh, always shoot, never pass. Always. Okay. Jason Spezza did that the other night. Looked great. Oh, vintage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got the guy coming down. I don't care who it is next to you. I don't care. Like, that goal is going to be th- – once, once you pass it, there's too many variables. It, might not be a clean pass. Shot might never get off. The guy, the defender, might get a stick on it. You shoot it. That's a, that's, a, that's an automatic high danger scoring chance. You know who does not agree with you? I don't know. Maybe most people. Mitch Marner. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's times I'm like, and Marner does need to shoot more, and he has shot more this season, which is great. There's times that I'm just like, you need to shoot the GD puck, and then he passes to someone like over his own shoulder, and they score on it open net and I'm like okay this is why you're in the NHL and I'm not the Leafs are the only team in the Canadian division right now that has a winning division against every single team and on a counterpoint our Edmonton have Edmonton put something together that they can finally properly complement the godly amount of talent they have or are they uh, is this a bit of a mirage where are you at on the Oilers uh, I enjoy watching the Oilers. I find more so now than ever, it's very difficult with the time zone, but when they are on in the early slot, it's like appointment television for me. I make a point to watch at least a period because again, you're going to see, you're going to see something either way. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about the Oilers is from what I've watched them so far, they remind me of the last year's Leaf squad in which you don't know, yeah, you don't know what's going to show up. You don't know if it's going to be the team that's capable of firing in eight, nine, ten goals, or if they're going to get tuned up and, like, allow six goals early on. And I think not as much as on the ice that they remind me of the Leafs team last year. I think a lot of that has to do with their goaltending situation. I mean, early on, Smith got hurt, and they rode Miko Koskinen, like, uh, hard. Oh, he was like he, he was gassed. He was, he was the most yeah, visibly just, tired athlete I think I've seen yeah, that was yeah, not in a competitive I'm, eating competition. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think part of their they had a pretty pretty anemic start too. Like they were off to a cold start, and part of it is because of that goaltending situation. Yeah, but I mean, now they have a Vesna candidate, Mike Smith at net. He is Alex Burrows years old, and he is here to save the Edmonton Oilers. He has been. He's got to be. No, he's got to be older. Burrows, man, he's like forty-two. But I think Mike Smith. Let me look it up. Actually, Mike Smith age. Okay, so it turns out that Mike Smith is an actor on the Trailer Park Boys that I did not know. Okay, I'll oh, that's at the, the guy. Mike Smith. Okay, that's, Mike that's Smith the is guy thirty-eight. Is forty-two. I refuse. I refuse to believe that Mike Smith is only like six years older than me. <laughs> Mike Smith, yeah, no, Mike Smith is 38 years old. He is, no, uh, he's a no. year away from being from running the Canadians' power play, and I mean that no, from the bench. Mike, Mike Smith was in the NHL when I was in the sixth grade. I can remember it. He's been so good for them. Uh, I do not think it's sustainable. He picked up Alex Stalock today on waivers. I think they would have picked up anybody on waivers just because of the situation they found themselves earlier in, like with uh, who they have, Koskinen and – David Ayers, like they had some guy nobody had heard of, like Koskinen and Joe the goalie from like one of those non PA sanctioned games that you find. Oh, no. You know who they had? Yeah. Who? They had Skinner. Skinner? <laughs> yeah, where'd they find that guy? <laughs> Principal Skinner, man. 
Yeah, where did they know. find him? Was he at the same bus stop as Springfield Elementary or whatever? <laughs> Giovanni Fairbrother? Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm looking at Mike Smith's numbers here. Last year, 902. The year before that, 898. So he's looking Ooh. at uh, – and he's not – I think that if the Oilers are ever going to be a contender, like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm confident in Frederick Anderson, but uh, they, I don't think they have the answer in net. I think that Koskinen has been okay. And I think Mike Smith has been very good this year and best of luck to him. He was very good in his day, but I don't know if he's still there. Jesus, Randy Carlisle. Koskinen has been okay. He's been just okay. He's been just okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, speaking of just okay, the Calgary Flames. They are currently out of uh, out of a playoff spot. I mean, so this is where we're at right now with the division. It's it looked like Toronto and Montreal were going to run away with it. Now it looks like Toronto and maybe Edmonton, and then Vancouver and Ottawa. We'll get to at the end because that is where they are. But that's, this that's clump of like Montreal, now. Calgary, uh, Winnipeg, and maybe Edmonton is maybe a shade above it, but this is a clump that they're going to be fighting for the last two spots for sure. So I think those last two spots, it's going to come down to which team gets the most, I'll call them easy points off of the Senators and the Canucks. Mm. Like which team kind of cashes out on that and gets, you know, gets the most insulating points. The Calgary Flames, I don't know what the hell happened there. I have no idea. And I've watched probably the team I watched complete games the most of so far since season to start up besides the Leafs has been the Flames, just because they kind of fascinate me. It's it's like they've got part of a really good lineup, and then mm-hmm. what's not really good is just really confusing. They get a great like, top six. They do have a great top six, but there's all like there's all this noise around Sam Bennett. Like, oh, what are they going to do about Sam Bennett? And I'm like, you mentioned earlier, it's like, man, if Sam Bennett wasn't drafted so high, we wouldn't be talking about him. And this is no disrespect to Sam Bennett. But we wouldn't be talking about him nearly as much as we are. Like, everyone's like, oh, the Leafs should go out and trade for Sam Bennett. And my thing was like, we got Sam Bennett at home. His name's Joey Anderson. He makes substantially less money. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the one thing with the Flames... I'd like to see a change of scenery before I ruled out on uh, on Sam Bennett. Calgary has a 46.7 uh, scoring chances for at five on five. That's bad. Is that, I, I was just going to say, I was like, is that bad? I don't know. The, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs> well, basically it means that they give up more chances than they get. That's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the big thing. Uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I think a large portion of our listeners, people are not into that. So, and don't get me wrong. I'm not fucking smart. I'm just reading things and then passing them along. <laughs> like, like when you're like, is that good? And I'm like, yes. And that's, that's what's important. <laughs> but like, I, there's times like that, that like, really it could, I could just say their number's good. And you would just be like, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I don't understand it. I will say that like, I'm not in this anti-analytics debate at all. I think it's crazy. If you want to talk about sports to just, not go for any information just because you don't know what it is. Like people are on television being like, I don't fucking believe in analytics. It's it's the same thing with like, you know, when you, when you reach high school and they ask which math do you want to do? There's like basic middle of the road. And then there's like, you know, the, the crazy smart, talented math. And I'm like, eh, I'll stick to, I'll stick the middle. Like I'll stick to the middle here. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I don't, but it's like also just cause I don't understand Pythagorean theorem doesn't mean i'm running around screaming at triangles in my leisure time (laughs) some people are you know what i mean (laughs) that's yeah that is true that's that's like that's people who are against analytics at this point is it is a bit of like you are yelling at triangles telling them that yeah the people that get so worked up about it too i just i'm like man it's it's just information like i'll tell you one thing i don't understand it well enough to get worked up about it but some people go the other some people go the other way they don't they don't get something and they're like oh i don't uh, i'm mad at it (laughs) i will say the only time i'll give the uh i'll give the guys who are screaming at triangles a little leeway is when people like go to bat for jack johnson and cody cc because of their underlying metrics i'm like fellas fellas just no one to stop. No one to. Cody CC flattened Tom Wilson next year. So I will speak no ill 
of uh, Leafs legend Cody CC right now. I do Leafs think he's bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's... Uh, speaking of people yelling at triangles, we've established that is irrational. <laughs> but you know what is very rational? Every time I have a bad day at work, Charles, you know what I like to do? I don't. What do you Imagine like if I didn't do? tell you. This is what I do. If I go home, I'm having a bad day at the old joke factory. You know what I do? I go to the hallway and I just fucking rip a headbutt at the wall. I just pretend that the wall is Matarazzi and I'm Zinedine Zidane and I just headbutt the wall to show everyone that I am in control. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done? Have you ever headbutted a wall in your lifetime? I've done a lot of dumb stuff. None of that has been wall headbutting. Okay. Have All you? Right. That makes. Oh yeah, yeah. I had. Wait. Okay. Hang once. on. <laughs> How many times you said yes? Way too just, quickly. Just once, but the second, the second I saw it, it was like a one of those like high school parties or something, and I can't remember why, but somebody. Oh, turned someone on stole like, your fucking jean jacket or something. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty close to it. <laughs> Only ever happened once. Yeah. Well, have, yeah, only, that's only ever did it. Yeah, that's restraint. But once I saw him do it, like once I saw the Riddick thing, <laughs> it immediately like my, I had two reactions. I was like, "Holy hell, he's mad!" And I was like, "Huh, I did that once. I wasn't yeah. mad. I was having a good time." <laughs> you were like, "Man, I could have played for the Flames." <laughs> no, there two. There's two players right now who have a very high expected goals, which is a fancy yep. stat. That means they should be scoring, but they've been very unlucky. Those two players, one is Philip Deneau, no goals in a contract oh, year, got, which is they, uh, they a, I was just going to say, it's a contract, it's contract year for them, so they've got to kind of love that in Montreal. It was just, oh, Montreal's it was, uh, loving it. His cap hit's just going down and down and down. But uh, Petit Deneau, that's a <laughs> – what, what is Petit Deneau? That's something that's for a yogurt. That's a, that's a that's child a yogurt. yogurt. That's a child yogurt. Is he a yogurt short player? Thing. If they don't call him that, that's a huge waste. Uh, I don't know, but I remember the the logo of the yogurt was a dinosaur, and it was a uh, it was pretty much just a spoonful of yogurt. Like that's all you were getting out of it. <laughs> a lot of waste with that product, actually. Come to think of it, undeniably, yeah, yeah. Yogurt used to be all about the packaging. I remember Gogurt came out, and I was like, "Oh shit, let's go!" So yeah, <laughs> now he's six feet, so I can't even make that little joke. Oh, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm glad he's, we had this uh, little yogurt riff. But the other guy, which is which is what I was trying to say, is uh, Josh Levo. Oh yeah. oh yeah, of the Calgary Flames, who is basically not going in their lineup uh, most nights, it seems. And you know, if you can't buy a goal, maybe put in the guy who's getting the puck on the net. Just a thought. I have a soft spot for Josh Levo. I think I always will. You're, you're one of them, eh? I was wondering if you were. I, I remember who was the other guy from that era that everyone was like, "He's a great player if they'd only play him." And then they got shipped out of town. I was like, "Jesus, this fucking guy." Yeah, but you know who else was like that? Justin Hall. And then sometimes that's like people say that about like, well, he's never good. And it's like, well, they were never given a shot. So I don't know if the Flames are good, but um... I I think the Flames are good. One of the things that's very interesting to the Flames is I think they're good. I think they've kind of run into the easiest, uh, the hardest teams first. Mm. And they haven't really had the, the, the run at the, you know, jobber points yet. Other thing is, it's kind of fascinating to watch constantly where everyone's like, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that they're just going to blow it up after this. Uh, yeah. You know, they're just like, it's pretty much like, yeah, Goudreau, gone. Bennett, gone. Like, they're only keeping to Chuck from, uh, from, that, from that group and Mangiapane, yeah. I believe. And, and the rest of them, they're just kind of... Mangiapane, Lindholm, Lindholm is, is uh, an yeah, unbelievably he's, he's, underrated he's player. That guy is too, sick. But, I wouldn't give up on Goudreau or Bennett. I'd kind of reclass what you've got in Bennett. Sometimes it's okay if a guy just contributes on the third line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I understand it's like, oh, well, he lost his sandpaper or whatever. But you don't have to throw him out there and be like, all right, kid, Milan Lucic is retiring soon and you got to replace that. Like, just let let him play and try to get out of his ear as much as he can. He'll figure it out. He's I mean, he's already replacing Lucic. Lucic is <laughs> just, you know, making $6 million to, to, to lumber around. I forgot, man. Do you remember how – like, I 
Milan Lucic used to change the game like nobody oh, yeah. else. Yeah. And now it's, he's uh, – I do not fear him. I've seen so many highlights of him accidentally hitting himself into the boards. <laughs> One thing about guys with, like, with, with, uh, with that role, like, you just kind of age out. It's so hard on the body. You like, it's no just – you just kind of grind yourself into a fucking – arthritic mess within like <laughs> eight years in the league like yeah i don't know you ever have like, like a running backs yeah like you ever have like you, you play sports like you ever have a real hard game and what are you like you're a soccer player regularly aren't you matt you're being so generous right now charles <laughs> well i would consider than... myself a man with a bad back well, like, you ever have a really hard, well, just like a really hard day, like, or a really hard soccer game or whatever, and or, or like a hard workout, or you, you push yourself too hard doing any of those things, and the next day you're just, you're beyond, like, they're sore, and then there's like, oh, fuck, I'm like, yeah. I'm a day, I'm day changer sore. I'm rolled up. Imagine, yeah, <laughs> like, imagine, he's got to be living like that for, <laughs> like, eight months of a year. Oh, yeah. Like, I just... I blow out a driveway, and the next day I'm too tired to check my emails. <laughs> you got a snowblower, dude. I do. I do. Thanks yeah, you for drove down me. my hill. I got, a, I got a shovel, that motherfucker. Oh, man. Man, if I had a truck, I would I'd come over and I'd blow you out. I should be careful oh. what I'm saying. That's not, that doesn't sound. Where are you at in the Jets? They're red Where am hot I right now. The- I think they've won seven in a row, or maybe that's something I just made up. <laughs> No, I think giving they're good. Giving the Jets way too much credit. Uh, I got a buddy of mine who's, who, who lives in Winnipeg and is a Jets fan. And boy, does he ever hate Paul Maurice. Oh, my oh, God. He ha- oh, yeah. He uh, he really, really hates Paul Maurice. And it's like a fun flashback because my brother hated Paul Maurice when he was the coach of the Leafs. And I was like, yeah, he's yeah, doing the best of what he's did. got. I yeah. thought he did the best with what he had. Uh, I also thought he looked kind of like a low-budget Bond villain when he was with the Leafs. And now <laughs> he kind of looks yeah. more like a low-budget... If they were going to, like, cast a, a Stephen Harper biopic and Paul Maurice was an actor, I think he's a shoe in for that role. <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> looks like that to me. But uh, the Jets, I think, uh, they're interesting to me. The Line A trade... I just don't – I think that's going to be one of the only uh, trades we see from the U.S. to Canada where they've got a quarantine. I think that's going to be the only one, and it's like – I don't know. I think that might be overblown. I think that people are going to just go – it's so hard to make a trade anyway. I think you just get – even if you're going to lose them for two weeks, I think people are going to make the deals. That's going to be interesting to follow I, going I, forward. But Even I if think, he didn't lose the two weeks, I don't make that deal. I don't make that deal any uh, – anyway, like especially it was like – Line A plus for Pierre Luc Dubois. And I'm that's like, what shocks me. Yeah, that's yeah. Like to me, I'm just like I. I don't. There's no part of me. Like if I'm playing a video game, I don't make that deal. Let alone if I'm running the fucking team. Yeah, and Rosovic, Rosovic, is it Rosovic or Rosovic? I'm not sure. Rosovic. I think uh, Rosovic. Rosovic too. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. he's been good. He has. Like, I don't know if it's a it's a sustainable thing, but man, he has been quality. He's from he's from Ohio too, so it's probably a bit of like the home cooking or something like that. But he's been he's been a big piece. Like he's just been, you know, it's it's if he plays like this and Line A leaves, it'll be known as the Roslovic trade, which is kind of a throwback to Marion Hosa when they threw in Pascal Dupuis and he spent like twenty years on the Penguins. They call it the Dupuis trade. Yeah, man. Is he I was gonna say he made Tim Canada, but that was that was Kunitz. That but yeah, I mean, yeah. Dubois is good, and I think like Dubois in the playoffs last year, I always thought that Dubois was kind of a weird pick, and then we were staring at the barrel against him last year, and he was a monster against yeah, the Yeah, he, he was. He was indeed. Like, that, that's the other thing. Like, he oh, – what's the term? He plays the long pants hockey. Like, he does – Oh, yeah. He does do that. I, I just – it comes down to goals for me. Like, line A is gone. Yeah, who's going to score those goals? Dubois is not going to score those goals. 
No, he's not going to score. I mean, he's definitely more of a more of a presence and more of a digging kind of guy. But you, you know, he's, he doesn't have shot. the same. He doesn't. Have, yeah, he doesn't have the same shot. It doesn't have the same finish. And there's, there's nobody on that team. Like I like Kyle Connor. Uh, oh, Kyle Connor's been. I think he's he's been one guy that. that been focusing in on a bit more since we've kind of just talked about doing this podcast Kyle Connor is uh honestly he's not unlike line a in the fact that he is just a offensive kind of machine and not doing much else but man oh man can he ever get the puck into the, the net the the Jets to me I I, I don't have a making it I don't have a making the playoffs oh I've got Montreal I've got Montreal. We'll make our, our little predictions, but yeah, I, I've got Montreal. Jets, they don't have a blue line at like at all. At all, I don't know why Heinel is not playing. I mean, I guess they're, but they like I I think the the scariest part of being a forward playing against the Jets is when the moment that you can't remember that Dustin Bufflin doesn't play for them anymore. <laughs> Bash Morrissey's been good. Neil Pionk's been solid, but man, after that, Neil Pionk has the greatest name in sports right now. Oh, yeah, you think? Oh, I think yeah. that uh, Gianni Fairbrother has something to say about that. <laughs> Giovanni? Gianni Fairbrother. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers also has been fantastic. He also got in the weirdest fight of the year so far with Corey Perry. That's right, baby. We're back to Corey Perry. Corey <laughs> Perry fought Cor- Nikolai Ehlers. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It looked like a video game when someone gets frustrated and they're just like, I'm fighting with anyone. All right? Ehlers versus Perry. Let's go. Ehlers is 25. Corey Perry is 35 years old. That is such a massive age gap. That's like if your mom hired someone to babysit you as a kid and they came over and kicked the shit out of you. It's one of the weirdest <laughs> things I've seen all season. Okay, so I was the uh, I was the clock guy for uh, minor hockey uh, in my grade twelve year where I grew up in Lab. Me West. too. You too, eh? So yeah. there was one they, they, there was one game where they let the senior like not the senior hockey but like the men's league team play the triple A all star team before they left town. And one dude, like one dude on the, the, the men's league team got fired up and tried to start a racket with one of the students. It's like by far, it's the closest thing I can see to that like Perry and Ehlers fight. It was like, <laughs> this dude's got to go to work in the mine in the morning and he's trying to start something with someone who's going to like school with his kid. It yeah. Was just, yeah, it's bizarre. It was oh man, I, I was like I was twelve years ago, and I'll I'll never forget it. Like, and it wasn't like it wasn't like I don't know, it wasn't like Brady Kachuk just fought I don't know Chris Kunitz or something like that. Like it's not so much the age difference, it's just that Ehlers is like a skill player. It's weird that he yeah. fought at all. Nick Ehlers feels like someone that Phil Kessel would fight. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Definitely not John Scott, but yeah, Nick Ehlers. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> So I think I think that uh, Winnipeg, if they get their blue line together, uh, I think they're a trade away from looking real good. Personally, yeah, I I, I don't I don't see it. I think they're going to be on the I think they're going to be on the outside. So Vancouver, this is uh, also something very funny that happened. Vancouver was so desperately trying to get rid of these. These uh, reverse retro jerseys. They tried to give it away. This is. Do you, do you, do you know about this contest? I, I, I do. And so the Vancouver Canucks, who I think have been uh, maybe the biggest letdown. I mean, not a letdown for me personally, as I have no stake in the game, but they have not been good, I guess is what I'm saying here. And last week, they tried to give away a jersey. And it was, I think the contest was if you guess who scores the first goal then you receive the jersey. So a bunch of people sent in guesses. So they played the Winnipeg Jets, and they lost two to nothing. Uh, no and I don't think anyone guessed no one, but there was not a jersey given up. Meanwhile, they played three nights later, they played the Edmonton, they played the Edmonton Oilers, and they lose three to nothing again. So no one's getting a jersey. They're just not. Yeah. You know how bad it is. That's a good sign that your season is not going well. When you cannot uh, give away a free jersey. Three of my favorite things so far this hockey season have uh, been revolving around the Vancouver Canucks 
number one before the season ever started. They had a free agent player. They traded for him at the deadline, and everyone's like, oh, well, he's going to stay there. Uh, Because of the pandemic, this has been – this was the longest, like – time in history where you could lock a guy up this is the longest you could have taken a free agent and re-upped his contract you had from march until october to do that and they and when asked about it their gm was like wanted to sign him but we ran out of time and it was like wow ran out yeah two number two of my favorite things to happen this year and it's only kind of half happened it hasn't fully happened said player tyler Toffoli. Goes in, plays for the Habs now. The Habs play Vancouver like six times to start the year. They played him a ridiculous yeah. amount of time. Toffoli puts up at least two goals a night. Like he buries like 12 goals against the Canucks. Torches him. Just, just completely burns it all down to the point where people are like, all right, we got to fire Jim Benning now. Like imagine, imagine the guy that doesn't give you a raise you get you get him fired. Oh, it's so funny. Foley is done. Number three, uh, which is this is the top of it for me. So they went on a bad losing streak, and Travis Green, their head coach, uh, who, who doesn't have a contract extension right now, he's a free agent himself. I bet Montreal they, signs him next year and lights up the Canucks. <laughs> signs him to play. He doesn't. He comes out of retirement. Uh, he, he tells the the, the uh, <laughs> players that their dress code for an upcoming road road trip oh. is casual wear, but the only mandatory thing is work boots. And that gave me the image of all of these like 19, <laughs> 20 year olds, like hockey kids being like, where the fuck do I buy work boots? <laughs> like putting on a pair of work boots for the first time in their lives. Like, what do you mean work boots? Like, like steel toe boots? Like steel toes? Yeah, that was that was steel toe work boots. That was their uh, that was their <laughs> for That's a road trip. That was, that was their uh, their only required uniform that they had to show up casual, like whatever they would wear. So the boys were like showing up in like hoodies and stuff, but they were all wearing steel toed work boots. Jesus and I just can't Christ. for the life of me, like I can't escape like. Pedersen going out and being like, where do I buy steel-toed boots? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, excuse me. He's never seen a pair of steel-toed boots in his entire life. And, like, the, no. the, I, I get, like, the metaphorical thing, what they're trying to do there, that they're like, oh, yo, you can wear anything, but just bring your work boots. You know what I mean? You're just like, first of all, no, these guys are millionaires. Let's stop pretending like you're blue collar. You are absolutely yeah. not. It feels like no. to me, you know how every politician in Canada – they always have photos of them, like with a dress, like a dress, a dress shirt with like a tie and the sleeves yeah. rolled up, like the sleeves, sleeves rolled, rolled up, up indicating yeah. that they yeah. work hard. Like I would yeah. go out and blow the driveway and then just put my tie on and roll my sleeves up. And the next day I'm too tired to do anything. <laughs> You're oh, right. Yeah, that has been good. So oh, good. Yeah. It's like Bergevin is like, he, that dude makes swings, and I, that's a it, man. He's been so so good, and he's wearing number seventy three. He's got an insane wrist shot. It's like if you have he a couple like of beer, you're like Michael Ryder's back. He baby. looks like him. He even looks like him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no doubt. You have like, it's like you have one one too many and squint at the TV. It's like Mike Ryder's still in the NHL. Well, and I mean, during this pandemic, what else do we have to do? That's true. What about the goaltending there? I mean, they brought in Holtby. I think it's – I mean, first of all, Markstrom has been great. But, I mean, the way the contract's lined up, I think it's okay what they did there. But I think Demko has looked – like, Demko's got to be the guy they're going forward. Do you have any opinions on that? Uh, what they give Holtby four years, though? Two. Two years at four million. Two years? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think they're grooming Demko. I, I think this year's – Kind of a wash. Next year, Hope is probably trade bait if someone is in a pinch for a goalie. Like if someone's yeah. in a pinch for a goalie next year, he's he's kind of able to get moved. I uh, or the expansion draft, or the expansion draft. Seattle I can walk away with uh, sixty uh, sixty years total of Braden Holpe and Carey Price. <laughs> I uh, I've never been a big Holpe guy. Eh? Like I've never even when he won that cup and all. Like I was just always like. He's he's all right. He's not. He's just okay. That's you know how uh, I would yeah. describe him. Like I don't know. Maybe part of it is like watching him get lit up for like thirteen goals in a weekend. 
in the AHL that time, like where he was just uh, like a leaky boat down here. But I, I, I tell you, I've never – He's and then when he hit the open market, he took a bit of a – I don't think he's one of those guys that got paid at all. He took a bit of a haircut, of anything. So eh, I, uh, I, I'd like to see him try to go with Demko for as much of this year as they can right now. Yeah. He's been – Demko's been solid. He has not been amazing, though. But, man, that's uh... – well, they don't Talk have much of front of them either. Been... I mean, <clears throat> how, how many minutes is Tyler Myers logging over there? Like, they're uh, he's bad. They lost Tanev over in in, in Vancouver, which you, you can you can feel that loss. Like Tanev was their anchor. Yeah, Quinn Hughes misses him. You can see it. Yeah, definitely. Hughes, I think, is playing with Jordy Ben now, and that is a big step down. Yeah, that's the other guy I was thinking about. Like, how many minutes are they giving to fucking Jordy Ben? Well, Tyler Myers is playing 22 minutes, which is a oh lot of ability. God. That's not good. Uh, he's, that's like, uh, that's... Yeah, Tyler Myers has been very bad. And uh, he's there for a long time for a lot of money. And uh, that's he's... money that you could have paid to Tyler Toffoli, which I imagine if you're a Canucks fan right now, stinks. Uh, I will say, though, that I think Pedersen had a rough start, and that guy is undeniable. He is going to do some damage for the rest of the year, so I would not rule him out. Speaking of being ruled out, though, the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa started 1-7-1, and and uh, I don't think there's any coming back from that. But, I mean, they've been 6-8 and eight since then, and I think I'm hearing a lot of uh, people kind of treating Ottawa as this, like, spoiler team. You know what I mean? And they had beat, they beat Montreal a couple of times. They beat Toronto a couple of times. Like, that loss against Toronto, I know you lost your oh, goddamn yeah. mind, didn't you, Charles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the angrier ones. So, like, one of my resolutions with this division has been, like, I think you're the guy that actually said this. I was like, you know what? If you can't enjoy this Leafs team, you're probably never going to get to enjoy a Leafs team like this again. I, I think did that say was that and I meant the, it. Yeah, and it was like that. That was like, hey, you know, maybe I'm going to stop getting mad. Maybe I'm going to stop calling these guys bums <laughs> on Twitter and just just watch the games. But that Ottawa loss, ooh, that struck a nerve. That one struck a nerve. Uh, one thing yeah. on the sends, I think that the difference between these two clubs. So they, they, we're clearly talking about like we're talking about the lobsters here. Like we're talking about the bottom feeders in the division right now. And uh, I think that. I think the Canucks are likely to get used to losing more than the Senators because so, so many of those guys on the Canucks are tied up to contracts. They can't move them. You can't get rid of Tyler Myers. Like, oh, so you think, you think the transition think, to a good team is going to be easier on the Senators than it is on the Canucks? I, th- uh, I think a little bit in this, like, this frame point of the season – I think if anyone is going to kind of claw their way out of like mean joke status, I think it's <laughs> going to be like, I think it's actually going to be the sins and you know, they're one, you know, one rink you're going into it. It's like, all right, we know it's the sins. They haven't been playing too good, but yeah, actually going to fucking watch these guys. Cause they can surprise you. Whereas what is going on with the Vancouver Canucks? Like their coach is tuned out. He doesn't have a fucking, he doesn't have a contract. Like the sins do have, some pieces there that are going to be around and there's the rest of them oh, yeah. are like fighting. the rest of them are just fighting for jobs they're fighting for wherever they're going to end up next i think the big thing with ottawa is they do have some youth that looks pretty damn good like brandstrom looks good stutzla looks timmy stutzla sick man he looks yeah, so he good batherson's been good josh norris has been pretty decent i think they've got They've got pieces to move going forward. I think an interesting thing with Ottawa is uh, what do they do with like? Do you remember the Leafs the year that the Leafs had like PA Parento and all those like all those yeah. guys on one year deals? It's like can they flip a bunch of guys for yeah. more draft picks and reload for next year? I think that's like that's where we'll see where this Ottawa franchise is going. The, yeah, that's the other thing. I don't think Vancouver can kind of sell anything off for futures as easy as Ottawa can. The other thing is eventually one of these guys is going to get better goaltending than what they've had. Yeah. And I don't know which club. Like, I don't, I, plus, Matt Murray's off a bad. Oh, 
Oh, for a fellow okay. like Pat, Matt Murray. Pat Wall, yeah, Pat Wall makes the joke that he couldn't hear, uh, you know, Jeremy Rona because he had two Stanley Cups in his ears. I think Matt Murray's yeah. got two Stanley Cup rings in his ears just to tune out how bad he has been. <laughs> Everyone's been talking about how bad he's, he maybe is. he's got maybe he's got two Stanley Cup rings in his eyes so he can't see the. <laughs> Like, you know, it's the first thing that I was like, man, this guy's got two cups. It's like, I don't care. He's still bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was good, though. Like, memory's a big, like, I mean, how, that contract, I know that I keep saying that, but, I mean, it's it's in the Cap League. It's the biggest thing. And, oh. man, he has been, because he's been, he had a couple, like, he, Matt Murray's a tough guy to evaluate, in my opinion, because, like, he was undeniably a huge part of – you know, cup teams. And that means something. But, you know. Uh, that's Matt Murray, let me tell that. you this, Charles. Matt Murray is making $6.25 million for four more years with a no-movement clause. So it's it's a five-year deal. This is year one? Or am I like, is it like Nazim Kadri in the penalty box? It's like, we play each other four more times. No, dude, no. this is game one. We play each other. No, no, you are, uh, you're the Kadri in this. I'm Rasmus Ristolainen. So this is, yeah. no, it is four years. This is year one. So the good news, okay, that's so the good news. Three years. Is they're almost three one quarter one. of the way yeah. through this Matt Murray contract. Yeah, okay, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I will say, I, I don't I still, think Matt Murray's this bad. He's got a career 9-12, but I don't, oh, man, I think they're oh, going to regret that like, deal. He's he's got a career nine twelve, but like at the very least, he was playing with Chris Letang on that blue line and like other big names. That Schultz Schultz over in Pittsburgh was a great defender to have when you're a goalie. And now it's like I like Thomas Shabbat, and that's all they got on the blue line. Shabbat's been Shabbat's had a good year. He's the real deal. They yeah. got pieces, man. Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. There was this clip that uh, Brady was in the family box and. Tim Stutzla was just going around and smiling at him. And it's like the most endearing thing I've ever seen in my life. I really recommend people go out and watch that because between that and uh, coming back against the Leafs historically, I think that's the closest you're going to get to happiness as a Sens fan this year. I, hate I think they finish ahead of Vancouver. I think they pass Vancouver when it's all said and done. We're going to clue up here at you guys. Thanks very, very much for listening to us. Uh, it's been nice. I hope you've had fun. And uh, we're going to come back with a new episode next week. And we'll bring on a guest. We're going to be bringing on comedians, maybe some journalists. Who's to say? But we're going to be bringing on fans of other teams. So I hope that this, uh, this will be a fun little thing to, for us to do while we are all prisoners inside our own homes. All right. So, Charles, where, where can people find you? I'm on uh, – you can find me at, at Matt Wright Comic. I am on most places as at Smokes and Doors. There you go. Thank you.